I was to drive over. Good. It's just over the hill. 20 minutes, no traffic. Before you touch, because once he starts broadcasting, people will hear the noise is banging on it. Okay, so I'm just gonna get the theme song up. Okay, I think we're just about ready. Let me just start the recorder. So it's the name of the cause Ride to Recovery. You know, I'm not an official with their organization. I'm just one of the guys participating. Just how long it take for you to understand when you're feeling stuck, where I... This is Bike Talk, and I'm here with John from Ride to Recovery. John, what's your last name again? My last name is Morlock, M-O-R-L-O-C-K. And John is here with his family, and he came from North Hollywood to tell us about the Ride to Recovery. Yes, the Ride to Recovery is an organization that gives uh, free bicycles to disabled veterans. They hold many events similar to the uh, AIDS life cycle that many people are familiar with. I'm particularly participating in what they call the 9-11 American Challenge which starts on September 11th in New York City at the World Trade Center. It's eight days, 530 miles, and finishes at the Pentagon. Okay, wow. So it starts at the World Trade Center, ends at the Pentagon, eight days, how many miles again? 530 miles. Okay, so, and it passes through New York, and then where? Uh, It goes through New Jersey, Crosses a lot of uh, historic sites across the ride. We'll go across the Delaware River. We'll pass Gettysburg. There's going to be a stop at the uh, where United 93 went down, where there's a memorial for that flight. And how'd you get involved? Well, I've been active with bicycles for about three or four years now, and I am a Marine Corps veteran. I was looking for rides to do. I considered the AIDS ride as a challenge from San Francisco to Los Angeles, mm-hmm. and that looked pretty good. And then I found a ride that I could personally connect with that's for veterans, so then I decided to start riding with Ride to Recovery. This will be my third ride with them, but my first long ride, because they also do one-day rides. Um, now, that's uh, an East Coast ride, and you're West Coast. Yeah, they're also going to be doing San Francisco to L.A. in October. But when I saw this one listed with all the sites and the timing of it starting on September 11th on the 10th anniversary, I knew this would be too inspirational to pass up. So how many people are expected on the ride? Uh, They have a a limit of 350, and it's already all booked up, plus uh, support staff. Okay. So you're going to basically be carrying... Just, just you're not going to carry anything. Then you're going to have the support. Correct. They'll have a support yeah. staff. They'll have trucks. We'll load up our backpacks, our equipment, move it to the next hotel. It's uh, eight days long. Probably average about 65, 70 miles a day. But will just vary on terrain and distance where they can make the reservations at. Okay. So, and you said you've, you've. This is the only kind of ride like this that you've that you've done before. You've done this how many times? 
this will be my first week-long ride, but I ride on a regular basis here in Los Angeles area. I ride up and down Griffith Park two, three times a week, average 40, 50 miles a day. Wow. And I've done a number of centuries. So this will be my first multi-day ride, but I try and do a century at least once a month. What kind of bike do you ride? I ride a Scatante, which is the store brand for performance bike, a carbon fiber road bike. Cool. All right, so um, tell me about the cause and about your own history. Okay, my own history is serving the Marine Corps 82 to 88. Got active in bicycling about four years ago. I actually let myself go up to 295 pounds, and I had a wake-up call that I needed to get back into shape, and bicycling was a big part of that in addition to diet and other exercise. And the ride recovery helps disabled veterans. They actually give free bicycles to the guys that are especially coming back from Iraq and Afghanistan that have lost uh, limbs. They, they build the bikes themselves and make custom bicycles for those guys. They also work with guys that have post-traumatic stress disorder. And cycling is a large part of the rehabilitation. Hmm. Uh, I'm putting on a fundraiser tomorrow in uh, Inglewood. I'm calling it Car Wash and Tacos where one of my clients is allowing me to use his property to put on a car wash. I also have another client that's a taco vendor that will be out there selling tacos. So we're trying to get everyone to come out, wash their cars, eat some tacos, ride your bikes down. We can uh, buy drinks from the taco vendor, or, of course, we can just refill your water bottles for you. We have restrooms available if you're doing a long ride. Hopefully I have a couple of clubs that are trying to stop by and just eat tacos on their Sunday ride. Wow. Okay. So you say you have clients. What's your business? I'm a security contractor. Oh, okay. What, what does that entail? A traditional security guard patrol service. Um, okay. Well, I take this phone call. Uh, so tell me, tell me a little bit more about the ride and maybe some feelings about you know, that come up and what kind of people do the ride. Uh, all kinds of people do the ride. The disabled veterans get to ride for free. And the other people that are participating have to pay for the ride for a fundraiser. So there are obviously many veterans included on the ride, many many, uh, family members and people that just support the veterans. Okay. And so it's it's mainly people who are sort of – who understand what it's like to be in the military, veterans, families. Many veterans, many family members, but also people that just want to support the people that have gone overseas, whether – you know. Whatever the purpose was, whatever the beliefs were, the, the young guys are over there serving their country. They're getting hurt need to have more support than what's available. And we all need to chip in for whatever cause we believe in and help out. And this is a cause I believe in that I'm willing to go out and do the work and participate and support. So you're a security contractor. Does, it, does your, your um, expertise in that field start with being in the military? Yeah. That's the way I grew up. My father was an FBI agent and Air Force officer, so I grew up in a very law enforcement military environment, mm-hmm. and that's where I ended up going to. I was in the Marines as a youngster. I'm 46 now. I was a Marine when I was 18. I served from 82 to 88. And then after that, I primarily did security and also worked in uh, emergency medical services. I'm an EMT and paramedic. And um, do you, do you uh, have any thoughts about... Uh the World Trade Center uh, coming down, um, like as a, I remember them saying that uh, the that there may have been charges planted by the security detail that came in before the before 9/11. I, I mean, I know that, that that's a conspiracy <laughs> theory, but have you ever have you ever heard that theory? 
You know, I haven't, and conspiracy theories are fun to discuss, but I have no area of expertise on that, so I can comment on that. Okay, let's just leave that. Then. <laughs> okay. But, but um, the, not only do they do the bike ride to raise money for veterans, but they also use bikes to rehabilitate people with Correct. injuries. They, they do the rehabilitation. Uh, they've been promoted on uh, Extreme Home Makeover. If you go up on YouTube and look up Extreme Home Makeover, there was one episode where one of the uh, soldiers that was injured at the Fort Hood shooting, they went into his house and built a custom lab for him for his recovery. What is it? What, does that involve like a, a the, cycling? At all? Yeah, they, they made the bikes, the road bikes for him to ride on the road. They also made the spin cycles to use inside and, and one of these... You know, I watched the episode, but I wasn't involved in it. But they put the big screen up where it looks like you're actually riding on the road. Oh, cool. And they made a whole recovery room for him to do his recovery. Um, are you involved with veterans in Los Angeles at the VA at all? Do you ever go down there? No, I don't. Uh, right now, the Ride Recovery is the uh, organization I'm, I'm working with mm -hmm. and try and ride as much as I can with them. They also do one-day rides. Last month, they did a ride out in Agora. That was a one-day ride for the fundraising. And I participate in that one-day ride. Is this a year-round thing? Yeah, they have events all the time across the country. Actually, right now, they are in France doing a ride at uh, the Normandy Invasion. And they're going to finish up on one day with a Tour de France. I'm not positive which day it is. But they're going to be one day at the Tour de France. And the HTC, HTC team is going to host them for an event. So they're doing stuff all the time. Correct. They're always doing stuff. In August, they're going to do a ride in the Great Lakes. September is the New York one I'm going to. October, they're going to be in San Francisco. I think November or December, they'll be in Florida. So they, they do re events year-round. Do you know the story of how they came into being? A little bit. I know, I know the founder, John Warden, is a former professional bicycle racer. Mm -hmm. And he has a military background also. And I know a lot of the pros, after they retire, get involved in causes. And this was a cause that he believed in and founded. And do you ever ride with people who have, you know, special bikes that, are, that they have injuries and they are allowed to, they can ride using special bikes? On a regular basis, no. But last year I did one day of the San Francisco to Los Angeles ride. You can sign mm -hmm. up for the whole week or you can just do one, the one day option. And that was the most inspirational ride I had been on. Because there were a couple of guys in the front that were uh, double amputees from, the, from their legs. And they had the custom bikes where they're pedaling with their hands. And uh, Ride Recovery puts poles on, on the backs of the bikes so other riders will help them. And a rider will come up behind them and with, one, with his right hand lean over and help the cyclist get over the hill. And then sometimes we'll get a line of two or three guys behind them pushing the other cyclist to get them up over the hill. And hmm. with all the rides I've done, I've done rides like the River Ride, which is pretty much flat, 70 miles. But I've never seen four or five guys in line helping each other before. And that... That, that was a very moving to see that. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, and if it's not a hill, they can do it on their own, right? Yeah, they'll usually do it on their own, but they'll also help each other out. I myself had slowed down once, and I'm used to riding, but I just slowed down to, to pop a couple of Endora light pills because I felt some cramps coming on. And mm -hmm. all of a sudden, a guy came up behind me and gave me a shove. And it was just enough to, even though I was doing okay, just move me right back up with the group. Huh. So, yeah, so you, you, how, do you, how do you like those, those long-distance rides? Oh, I, I enjoy them. I did the uh, Grand Fondo down San Diego in April, the 105 miles of 6,000 feet of climbing. I did the uh, Mount Baldy La Toupe ride recently. So I'm, I'm on my bike all the time.
I'd like a good okay. challenge. So, um, do you have a bike with your family here? I see you've got two daughters and a wife. Yeah, they, they ride a little bit, but just a little around the park. They don't do big rides. Uh-huh. When they get a little bit bigger, they will. Are you going to... Can I talk to the girls? Sure. Are you? There's a mic right there if anybody wants to grab it. No? No, I think they're How getting about, a little shy. <laughs> How about mom? Does mom want us? No, they're all shy. Okay. <laughs> I was going to ask if they want to um, ride long distance when they get older. You want to ride long distance when you get older? Can you hold the mic up while they say yeah? Because that was pretty cute. You guys want to ride long distance with me? Yes. You guys want to go on some ride recovery rides and help the disabled veterans? Yes. Good. That was production value right there. Um, so let's see. What else can we talk about? So so when you're on a long ride, and have you done it without a support vehicle as well as with a support vehicle? I mean, do you have any tips for riding long distance? Uh- I'll ride locally 40 to 50 miles, so that's not anywhere near doing a century. But I try and time or plan my rides around parks. That way I can stop and use the restroom. Handicap restrooms are best because you can bring your bike inside of them. And I refill my water bottles at the water fountains. So if I do a long ride on my own, I plan it around being near parks. It's a lot easier to stop by a park than try and get into a McDonald's and refill your water bottles. Mm-hmm. And stock up with, I like uh, Endora lights and any types of gels and just fill up my uh, back pockets with everything I need to last. Do those really really work? They do for me, but, you know, everything's personal preference. Use whatever works for you. I had gotten bad cramps on a ride last year and looked around online, and that sounded good, and I haven't had any since then. Could be just because I'm hydrating more and exercising more, or it could be because they work. Might just be a placebo, but I pop them just in case. So, you're a big uh, bike rider, forty miles three times a week. Correct. That's about average. I do. What's your route around Griffith Park? Uh, I live in North Hollywood, so I start out in that end. So it's ten miles to get to Griffith Park, and then I come up around the uh, Travel Town side. And you know, I don't know the names of streets. I just know the way I go. Mm-hmm. But I know when I go up that hill in Travel Town. Then you make a right, and there's a uh, paved road that's blocked off that's only for cyclists and hikers. And I will go from there all the way to the other side of the park. And I just stay mainly on those roads that are closed off to uh, vehicle traffic. And I can usually put in about 20 miles, 25 miles in the park, plus the 10 mile each way back and forth. And what do you think of the park? Pretty cool? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the park's pretty cool, and we're right here close to it. But actually, we're going next for – that's our next stop is to go over the park today. Oh, cool. But do you have bikes for everybody? No, no. We're going to do some other stuff. No no bikes today. I probably won't be back on the bike until Monday. Okay, taking a rest. Um, So let's say if you were to make one more uh, pitch for for, uh, Ride to Recovery so that people can keep it in their heads and tell them what to do. Okay. uh, Please visit the Ride to Recovery website where you can find out all about them. They have a number of videos on there, newscasts that they've been on, the uh, Extreme Home Makeover clip that they were on, and, of course, my uh, car wash and taco razor tomorrow. We're going to start washing cars about 9 a.m. at 316 West Florence Avenue in Inglewood. That's between La Brea and La Cienega. It will be listed on Facebook, and you can find it through the Bike Talk. And the taco truck will be coming out about 1030 to set up to be selling tacos by 11 o'clock. 
So please come on out, wash your car or ride your bike and eat some tacos. And all the money goes to a good cause. I'm doing the September 11th ride. And if I can actually ride, raise enough money, I'll also do the October San Francisco to Los Angeles ride. So come on out and help out our veterans. Cool. All right. Thanks a lot, John. Thanks all right, for coming. Thank in. you, Nick. your blues away. Forget all your troubles away.
you.
This is Bike Talk, still here. where they, they get um, stakeholders to sort of report to their community. So wanting to, to do this um, bike show, two wheels and a microphone, but it hasn't happened until now. Okay, so I got the phone working. Cool. And I'm talking to Patrick Miller. Hi. And um, hi, how would you describe your, like, your hand, what's your handle? My handle? My, uh, you mean, uh, my name on my screen name? I don't know what I meant. I think I meant your, like, your, your, what do you do? Oh, what do I do? Uh, you know what? Um, I'm just, uh, just another person living in L.A. I'm a, I'm a cyclist, but I'm also an artist, a photographer, a DJ, DJing a house party tonight at the legendary Alago house in Silver Lake, if you know where that is, yeah. and you belong there. Yeah. So, um, and, uh, yeah, but I'm not, you know, necessarily affiliated with any organization. Um, I'm just someone who started riding a bike about four or five years ago in L.A., or riding a bike again, because I think everyone rides a bike when they're a kid, but, um, and, uh, I don't know, just trying to do my little part to, to hopefully, you know, make it better for everyone else. Yeah, so that that's, I think, how a lot of people who ride tend to think about it. They tend to think about it not just in terms of what they're doing for themselves, but for the greater good. Would you say? Yeah, well, there's this, uh, there's an, this inherent contradiction when you ride a bike in L.A., which is in one hand, it's, it's one of the most joyous, interesting exciting engaging beautiful things it feels so good and it's so fun and it feels so liberating and then just when you're totally delusional about all those things somebody comes and tries to run you off the road or passes you with like a foot of space or starts yelling at you or something um because uh so many people are clueless about the the law in regard to bikes it's really crazy contradiction um which i think really you know accounts for a lot of the the activism that we see around cycling in la how often do you, would you say that you have some kind of a conflict like that on the road you know it just depends um you know it, sometimes it's weird it just depends on the day and the time but you know driving during rush hour it's probably like at least one one jackwad for every five or six miles. <laughs> I don't know. Wow. I mean, it just depends. You know, I mean, it, they're not really, I wouldn't say confrontations, but, you know, with someone passing you close or being like somewhat, you know, just like a little bit aggressive with the body language of the car. Um, but, you know, in general, it's not, you know, sometimes you, you ride all day and it's, it's perfect. So, what's uh, your. What, what kind of rides do you like to do? Do you like to do group rides? You know, it it just depends. Um, I, I, I love, I try to at least once or twice a month 
get you know get out and 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 ride with a with a big group of strangers um something like critical mass or midnight riders but um i mean every every ride is fun i mean it's great to you know just go by yourself and and uh, pick up groceries or something but you know to just get out with like two three or five ten people definitely makes a big difference like riding around with a small group like makes it a lot more fun and so you're involved in kpfk no uh no well um i have a friend uh, sarah harris who um produces a show called here in the city which is on Tuesdays at 3.30 to 4, right after Al Jazeera. And um, she, has a, she has a show where she, you know, just covers different things that are happening in the city, and she really likes to, to have a lot of recording that's done out in the streets. And also, you know, she wants to talk to people, um, instead of, like, working primarily with journalists, she likes to get a lot of stakeholders, um, people that are, you know, in their respective communities to kind of report back and, you know, sort of give more of an inside scoop about what's going on. And she's doing a segment called Two Wheels and a Microphone? Correct. So, um, yeah, uh, last week um, we we did a piece about um, just the whole organizing that's happening around the, the crash in Culver City and the response to it. Um, uh, I don't know if you know, but there was a, a joint statement that was that was drafted by um, a bunch of different uh, bike groups, and everybody kind of got on the same page with certain things that we were all like, you know, pretty pretty adamant about that um, the the coverage from the press was was sort of um, inadequate, and they repeated a lot of just ridiculous rumors by the, the LAPD officers that were on the scene and and just in general the LAPD's initial investigation tried to blame the victims of this crash and um, a lot of people just found it offensive and you know didn't want to let that stand and so worked with the group to craft a, a joint statement and um, you know I was kind of actually almost there more as a, a, as a fly on the wall um, so I talked to a few people and got some interviews. And then that joint statement um, turned around and was turned into um, a petition that people were, were signing at, at critical mass. And then just this last Thursday, the, uh, the joint statement was um, released and, uh, at, at a press conference that um, we, we held pretty, we cobbled together pretty quickly and held at, um, at City Hall. And yeah, this was a big cross-section of all different groups, Bikeside, LACDC, Midnight Riders, um, and a lot of, like, other, you know, blogs and just different different people, like Joe Litton from Cyclo was there, um, Ross Hirsch, Dude on a Bike, spoke, um, and we had Kat from um, Bike Talks, the... Uh, the video podcast and she was there and she read um, statements by two of the victims which were quite moving oh, I tried to get you guys said it would be until 2 so I came at 1.30 but nobody oh no there. but um but that's okay I had a good time <laughs> various places downtown so I uh, so um just getting back to the radio show real quick so um you know with time and, and some other constraints 
um, a lot of the great material got left on the cutting room floor. So a lot of the interviews that I got last week at um, Critical Mass and, and some some interviews that it, that I had gotten at the at the meeting um, where the joint statement was crafted are, are going to be used um, this week, which is really exciting. So so they're revisiting the uh, the story we did last week. And does the two wheels and a microphone come on regularly? Is there a regular? No, uh, this. Uh, was sort of the the pilot run uh, last Tuesday, um, which if you want to check it out, um, you can find it the same place that you find uh, the Bike Talk uh, archive, which is on the uh, KPFK's radio archive um, under Here in the City. Uh, it's the most recent show, and um, um, about a half or a third of the show is um, uh, dedicated to um, talking about this uh, film. Uh, about uh, railroads called RR the structure of the 15 millimeter film very interesting and uh, the other half of the program is, is dedicated to, uh, to two wheels and a microphone uh, for the, the pilot of this thing about uh, bicycles and just talking about bikes in LA in general but really about also the sort of activity and activism taking place in the wake of the, the crash in Culver City. Okay. Well, um, sounds great. And uh, that's what Bike Talk is trying to do, too. So we're Yeah, more you guys have done a coverage so far about that thing. Yeah. Um, and how, how is everybody who was in, who was in the hospital? Roger? Still well, there? you know what? Honestly, I don't... Um, if you could get a hold of Active, um, he's he's really been working closely with the victims. I almost everybody is out of the hospital. Um, I think you know I don't know about Roger's status, but um, Adora was actually um, brought to the um, press conference. Someone carried her in. It was really dramatic, like mid-conference. Someone carried her in and, and dropped her right on the steps. Well, didn't drop her, like lightly placed her down. Yeah. Uh, she didn't speak or anything, but it was it was really moving to to have her there. Um, but yeah, you know we're we're not really gonna know um, for a while like what the full impact is on you know all these people because you know these things it takes time to heal and um, you know I know I had a, a very minor accident on the bike path <laughs> with no one else around me. Uh, just getting a drink of water, and I don't know what happened. I, <laughs> I fell down all by myself. But I hit my shoulder, and it was very minor. But, um, you know, to this day, I still I still have some shoulder pain. So, I mean, it's going to be a while before, you know, we we really know, like, I mean, there's been so many injuries, and, and a lot of people, um, you know, even psychologically, like seeing somebody that, that you're talking to just get you know, picked up and thrown on a car and, and, or, you know, some people, you know, it was really like a horrific scene. And I know like a lot of people have been having a hard time dealing, like a lot of people literally lost a lot of sleep and couldn't eat for, for days. And it's, it's just been really intense for a lot of people. So, I mean, I don't think there's, there's any way to really know, like, like the full effects of this, but, but really, um, you know, 11 people, a lot of the reports just say 11 people were injured, but those are the people that just got taken to the hospital. Um, there's a lot of other people that got, you know, banged around. Um, I talked to 
uh, on the ground by one of the women who, who got hit by the car and he said bikes were flying everywhere bikes were hitting people so it's pretty pretty horrible horrible scene and um I don't know, I just a lot of people, you know, just want to come together and support our, our fellow cyclists because, you know, out there, um, you know, it feels like a family, you know, when you spend enough time riding with, with different people and you start to see the same faces, um, you know, even people that you don't know personally, it really feels like, like a family member has been, been injured. Yeah, so what do you, do you think anything else will come out of this? Do you think any, um... Well... Um, a lot of people have been really activated. Um, it just feels like, you know, this is just one of those times, one of those like cruxes in <laughs> in history or like in our in our our moment that that we just, you know, we can't let this, you know, stand really. Like, um, you know, especially with the initial LAPD report, like really putting blame on, on people that were that were standing in a parking lane and got hit by a car and for those people to have been considered partially at fault when a car hit them and the car was driving in a place where it wasn't even supposed to be um, and at least some of the victims we know were in the parking lane um, from several eyewitness accounts so that's just it's absolutely outlandish so Moving forward, I mean, who knows? Um, I, I just know that, that this has really, you know, just inspired me to, to, to try and, you know, stay active and, and keep working with people. Um, right now I've been working with um, Arisa Smolarski, who, who used to be with the LACBC. She just, um, she just graduated from Antioch with her EMA in family psychology and, um, you know, just last week, and um, active from uh, family and from the bike oven, and we're we're kind of work trying to work with um, to get a hold of any victims that, that may be suffering from psychological trauma from this thing. Because um, I've already talked to a lot of people that you know that haven't been riding their bike, that that just really don't feel well, that you know have depression and, and anxiety and all this stuff, and we're just trying to. To make sure that we can, um, you know, reach out to those people and, and, and get them help. So, but it, but that's that's just one little thing that, that that we're starting to do. And there's, I mean, everybody you know who's active, kind of in, in the bike scene, has kind of taken on their own thing in their own way. I mean, the people that are concerned with law enforcement and legislation are kind of hard at work on that aspect. The people that are, you know, really focused on, like, looking out for the people are, you know, working overtime to, like, raise money and help the victims. So everybody's kind of, like, um, you know, kind of act, be, becoming active, like, in their own sense of just, like, really not, not letting this, you know, be a wasted opportunity to, to make things better for for the victims and to prevent um, future any future victims from something like this happening. So, you, you go around on your bike with a, uh, uh, that's, uh, I mean, that's, a, that's, I'm glad that if, if something can come out of this, and I'm just, just going to say, since you, you go around to these rides with a microphone, maybe you can be active in the, in the media part of this. 
Well, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I don't really consider myself a journalist, and, and one of the things I really liked about, about getting asked to do this was I wasn't being asked to be an impartial journalist, so, um, you know, I don't always, I don't always bring a mic out on rides, but I'm, I'm definitely, you know, this whole process has definitely inspired me to, to just, uh, do what you've been doing for so long and really just try and get, get our voices out there, um, you know, to, to kind of like help people understand and, and create a bit of empathy for, you know, not only our position on the road, but also just to, you know, inspire fellow cyclists or just, it's not even really, honestly, like none of this stuff is really about bicycles or bicyclists. It's just about human beings that, that want to have a safe city. And, um, and a lot of us love enjoying this city through light transportation, which sometimes is our sneakers, other times might be a skateboard, rollerblade, Segway, bicycle, unicycle, tandem, uh, scooter, moped, motorcycle, you know, like all these people that are using, you know, light modes of transportation to, to travel around the city. Um, you know, get put at risk when someone in a big steel box um, doesn't pay attention and, and doesn't follow the rules and, and, and doesn't act safely. So, you know, I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm, I'm with all those people. Um, I just happen to, to love riding a bike. So that's kind of where it puts me. Well, um, we're about to go to uh, some interviews with some people in Long Beach. Um, okay. Did so, are you aware of the Long Beach um, bike, bike friendly? A little bit. You know, I grew up in Long Beach, and um, you know, after I started riding around in LA, and I and I went to Long Beach with my bike, I was absolutely blown away. This was about four or five years ago, and I just thought Long Beach has everything that it needs to be like New Amsterdam. Um, it it has. I just rode on so many streets that were just bikeways waiting to happen. Um, and I was so thrilled to just see, like, in the last, like, two years, they really, Long Beach has really been going bananas and, like, taking this opportunity because I think they see that the future of Long Beach, like, Long Beach is, is gaining, like, higher density. Um, it's going to be, you know, there's, there's eventually going to be more traffic, so why not carve out the infrastructure now for bicycles? And it's a, it's a really... You know, it's a relatively small town um, with a decent amount of density, and it's relatively flat, and the weather is even better than Los Angeles. It's just like a perfect place to to get around by bicycle. So, Well, if the last time you saw it was four years ago, well, the last time you rode it was four years ago. Oh, no, I'm just saying, like, that was when I first... Noticed that that before they started any of these things, and now like um, you know, I was actually just there yesterday via automobile, visiting my mom, and um, yeah, there's huge bike lanes like on, you know, right by, that go right by like where her place is, and and I've I mean I've seen them all over Long Beach now. It's it's really fantastic. Well, we're gonna play an interview now with uh, Charlie Gandy. Great. Who's the Thanks for calling me up, and uh, thanks for uh, keeping the people informed right, on the you. original Bike Talk Radio on killradio.org. Yeah, we got to start calling it the original now. 
Yeah. <laughs> hey, well, um, thank you, Patrick. Listen, uh, it's Tuesday at 3.30, your segment on uh, KPFK, right? Yeah, here in the city. And then it'll also be archived on kpfk.org All right, under here in the city. Thanks a lot, Nick. Have a great day. You too. Thanks. Take care. Bye. Patrick Miller, um, he's a DJ and a bike rider, and now he's also contributing to KPFK on Here in the City, and that will be next Tuesday, 3.30. And now we're going to hear from Charlie Gandy, Long Beach Mobility Coordinator, who I interviewed yesterday, and we're probably just going to hear a little bit before our next caller, but I thought you might like to hear a little bit, and we'll probably play the rest of it in a later show or later today. So uh, I've been a contractor with the city of Long Beach for the last two years, embedded as a mobility coordinator uh, in the public works department. And so that's the, you know, uh, uh, that's the role I've gotten to play for the last couple of years here. Okay. Um, so is that sort of like, is your position funded by, how, how do they fund your position? It's funded by the place grant, uh, mm -hmm. L.A. County uh, Public Health Department. Mm -hmm. uh, funded the position to promote active living. So they hired me, my company's Livable Communities Consulting, and so I do work all over the country and uh, wanted to be in Southern California when the city of Long Beach said we want to become a great bike city, and they went out and, and quickly raised $12 million around that campaign. Uh, they started looking for somebody to help them invest that and to uh, 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 promote it and they chose me. So I came from Austin, Texas, and uh, have been part of the bike programs for the last two years. And what were the accomplishments that you, what did, what did you achieve in Austin that they, that you got their attention? Uh, I've been a bike, professional bike advocate since 1990. Uh, I was the founder of the Texas Bicycle Coalition, uh, which grew to 2,500 members in four years. Uh, in 94, I went to work for the Bicycle Federation of America, 
creating bicycle advocacy organizations at the state and local level around the country. Mm -hmm. That turned into the Thunderhead Alliance, which is now uh, the National Alliance for Bicycling and Walking, which is a very powerful political movement in the country uh, promoting uh, livable communities. And um, so I've been doing this professionally as a consultant uh, all over the country since 1998. And uh, the city of Long Beach attracted my attention because of their ambitious plans uh, in a place where it's not been traditionally inviting to ride a bike in Southern California. Mm -hmm. And so I saw it as a professional challenge to, and, and I saw the possibility of aligning myself with a city that was uh, sincere and committed and had aligned the political will to make things happen. So let's, maybe you can tell me about livable communities and what bikes have to do with livable communities? Um, you know, uh, bicycling is part of a healthy urban uh, existence, a healthy urban environment. Uh, it's oftentimes seen as a indicator species of a place that is going to be attractive to the creative class and to those of us that carry on active, healthy lifestyles. And so the, the role of bicycling in the United States... Yeah, what, can you define indicator spaces? I think I know what you mean, but... Oh, um, where you see bicyclists riding bikes, you tend to have, and particularly women riding bikes in normal clothes, uh, that's an indication that it's a relatively safe, healthy place. And, uh, and the inverse is true, where you don't see people riding bikes, particularly women. Uh, you, you may see 5% uh, of the people who would like to be riding bikes, those that are comfortable mixing it up with cars or uh, in bike lanes, uh, but you don't see the other 95% that would like to bike but don't see a safe place. Mm -hmm. and, um, and by the way, that's, how we, uh, that's what we see with cycle tracks and separated bike facilities. Uh, bike boulevards and other things that are designed for uh, the more novice and casual cyclist. Mm -hmm. A lot of which you've added to Long Beach since you've been here, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We've we've um, beyond probably fifty miles worth of new bike lanes that we've put in in the last two years. Uh, we have four federal demonstration projects that we're participating in and things that are new to Southern California uh, that have been tested in bellwether cities such as New York and Portland and Seattle uh, that we're putting down here and testing in a Southern California market. Uh, these are separated bikeways, they're green shero lanes, they're bike boulevards, uh, their bike boxes, and uh, in addition to all of that, you know, it's important for me to say that uh, it, while we're putting these things out on the street and giving people a chance to test them and to uh, imagine this in their neighborhood, and and we have funding to take these into lots of other neighborhoods, uh, our campaign goes far beyond the engineering and the environment. We're teaching every kid in our uh, Long Beach Unified School District to ride a bicycle uh, when they're in elementary school or middle school this year and next year with a federal Safe Rouse to School grant. 
we, uh, for half a million dollars. We have another half a million dollars that's about to be deployed. That's what that meeting is next door that's happening right now, is uh, a promotional campaign directed at both cyclists and motorists talking about shared streets and talking about shared responsibilities in the street. And so I'm excited about Long Beach's role in being one of the first cities in Southern California to not only be putting down interesting uh, facilities on the street and bread and butter bike lanes uh, and sharrows, but um, also looking at the behavioral side of this from the motor's point of view and the cyclist's point of view and uh, addressing those issues as well. Okay, so we were just listening to an interview with That was Charlie, Charlie Gandy. And Chicken Leather's in the house, that's why it's buzzing. And we got Graham on the phone. Hold on a second, hold on a second. Is, it's going to get much better now. See? The phone is not really the best right now. Here, let me see if I can see. Okay, we, we're working on the phone. Okay. I think we hear you. Yeah. Um, I can take it off the speakerphone. Is this good? Oh, that's better. No, it's not your end. It's our Okay. How are you you doing today, Nick? I'm good. I visited you yesterday, and you got a... Um, a bike shop? Yes, indeed. Just got a uh, business license yesterday, delivered at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Well, that's great. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. It's uh, it's really good to be uh, a new part of Long Beach. So. Yeah, um, so how did you come to be a new part of Long Beach? Were you always part of Long Beach? I, I've been uh, a part of Long Beach for a few years now, I guess, uh, just as a, a bike guy. Uh, founded uh, Pedal Movement with a partner of mine, Ronnie. We kind of have uh, pushed things along, at least from uh, from the bottom up, uh, bike things, at least in Long Beach. Um, and I met a guy named Sean Moore, who owns Long Beach Clothing, and he asked me to come run his new bike shop for him. And uh, here we are in Bixby Knolls, uh, kind of a empty place for bikes at least uh, up until today and uh, we're ready to kind of make things happen so it's not just a bike store uh, it's, it's not just a bike store it's a bike slash skate shop uh, hopefully we'll have something with wheels for everybody in the whole family to ride well I'm, I'm also thinking about pedal movement I mean you, you guys are, are kind of doing a bunch of stuff in the community aren't you um, yeah I mean we we at least have seen the work that uh, from the city, uh, Long Beach is really making every effort to be bike friendly, and uh, we felt, at least at the beginning of uh, pedal movement, that uh, the only way for that to actually happen was to have uh, the community kind of on the same page and to have uh, uh, you know a common vision with the city. And so, a pedal movement, I, I suppose, has, has, act, uh, has acted as a cheerleader. Uh, and for lack of a better uh, better word, we uh, we kind of root on bikes and do our very best to make it cool and appealing 
to ride a bike and to kind of uh, give as many incentives to ride a bike as possible. So we just heard part of an interview with Charlie, Gan- Charlie Gandy, and um, we talked about how involved in, the, in, in biking the city is in Long Beach and how um, you were also, though, thinking that th- there was a ways to go for the grassroots, that it needs to catch up to, the, to where the city's going. Yeah, you know, I, I feel like um, you know, there's there's this top-down idea that the city can can push uh, kind of a, a program and give a lot of uh, you know uh, we've got new lanes and new sharrows and and uh, a lot of cool new programs, but uh, you know the community may or may not even know about what those programs are. Uh, even if they are a bike rider, they are not really involved in that decision-making process. Um, and so there, there really is, it's been difficult for Long Beach to find a community base of support uh, because the bike community in Long Beach is so fragmented. You know, I, LA, is, it's so much bigger of a city and, uh, and yet everybody knows about everything and everybody knows what's going on and, and there's a much stronger uh, bike community in uh, you know north of the 91 and, and south of the 91, you'd expect in a smaller city that it would be, uh, especially with the city support, be thriving. Uh, but it's it's uh, you know we're working on it. We're working hard. And is that where you see pedal movement coming in? Uh, that's at least our intention. Is to uh, you know we we know enough people that work for the city, and we got enough uh, you know top down support. Now we need to find a way to kind of link up the bottom up and the top down, uh, find kind of a happy medium and uh, make ways for them to communicate. Uh, we seem to, at least about once a year, we, we come up with a cool project. Uh, you know, last year, our big project was The Hub, who has been on this program before, mm-hmm. bike, uh, you know, cooperative in Long Beach. Uh, this year, we're working hard on our website uh, to do kind of the same thing. It's just to link up those uh, kind of not disparate uh, ideas, but just people that don't necessarily know what's going on in Long Beach and to give them a, a resource to, uh, to be able to go to and find out what is going on, who do I talk to, where do I shop, etc. So you had a grand opening, right? Uh, at first Fridays? What, or was uh, that your grand opening? What was that? You know, uh, Bixby Knowles uh, area in Long Beach, which is... Uh, kind of like North Atlantic area. Um, every first Friday of the month, there's kind of a big shindig. Everybody's got wine and cheese and, and bands playing. And uh, so we made sure to be open for uh, this first Friday's, which was yesterday. Uh, you know, I, I was a little bit wary uh, first getting into this because I wasn't sure uh, if this community was right for a brand new bike shop. Um, you know, I, I'm not as connected to this community. I'm much more of a downtown, you know, I know the bike riders downtown. Uh, but after, you know, this week and especially after last night, I was, I was, I don't want to say slammed, but it was packed in here all night. It was fantastic. That's great. Seems to be, uh, people are, they've been, uh, waiting for a shop in this area. What, what is the area and, and how do you get there? Um, this area, Bixby Knowles, is Atlantic. Uh, if you were to take the 405 south or north, 
Uh, you'd just be ex- exiting Atlantic North, and uh, it's just this cute little row of uh, you know high retail. It's uh, one of the city of Long Beach's uh, four designated uh, bike-friendly business districts. Uh, you know, would be Second Street, that downtown where they've got the share. Uh, sorry, uh, down south where they've got the Sharrows and downtown areas, the East uh, Arts District, and Bixby is uh, one of the four. And so we're actually the first bike shop to come into this bike-friendly business district. And uh, so now we need to start getting to work because, to be honest with you, I got to tell you, every, every well, not every, but uh, nine out of ten bike riders who go past my place, uh, they're on the sidewalk. Um, most of them don't have helmets. Uh, you know, a good portion of the fixed gears don't have hand brakes or foot retention. So, I mean, this is a great kind of a new demographic for me, completely new, that we, we can, I can get my hands dirty and affect uh, some serious change in, in, a, in an area that has enough money that politically uh, has a little bit of say and a, you know, clout, uh, a certain clout in the city, if that makes sense. To the community that you're in, they, they have some influence. Right, we, we've got, uh, you know, we've, we've got some influential people in this area, um, and you know, generally people who are in the higher tax brackets, the things that they want seem to, to run and, and to, to, I guess, uh, to go a little bit smoother in uh, in, in their building process. Um, so that's a kind of a new one for me. You know, I'm used to you know, putting. A, bike shop, you know, cooperatives together from, you know, zero dollars, you know, and we've got enough money to to play around up here. So um, you can get there by the blue line, too, right? Uh, I certainly could. Uh, You'd have to, I suppose, exit on, like, there's a Wardlow station and then Wardlow, uh, one street east towards Atlantic and then uh, head north towards towards this big row of uh, retail. So this is Graham Baden at the workshop in Long Beach, 4242 Atlantic Avenue. Uh, The number is 562-424-7433 or 424-RIDE. And um, how else can they contact you? Uh, You can go on uh, Facebook. You know, we're working on our website. Uh, Facebook, The Workshop is uh, how you're going to find us. Uh, We're so brand new that uh, we're going to have to have a probably a, a few weeks to to get up and running uh you know um but facebook is going to be an easy way to get a hold of us okay but before um uh but before that i should have asked you so tell me about your more a little bit about your history you know you you said you started collectives or nonprofits or the hub um yeah you know pedal movement seems to find one big project a year um, the hub was our 2010 project. You know, it's a really exciting opportunity to uh, make our, you know, the first bike cooperative uh, in Long Beach, um, bike collective, whatever you want to call it. Uh, you know, we had the opportunity to get involved in a, a, a local private art university that's actually uh, – Strange enough, based out of Seoul, Korea, um, and 
as such, all the students are exchange students, and as such, none of them have cars. They're not really allowed to. Um, and the city, you know, legally they're required to have a certain number of parking places for the number of students enrolled, and none of these students have cars. But, you know, uh, being efficient, uh, you know, business people, they just went ahead and bought this large, empty uh it, was, it used to be a, a used auto dealership just next door, so they could have the 30-car parking lot out front, which went to u- no use. You know, they, they didn't use it for anything uh, for, I guess, a couple of years because they didn't have anything to put there. And so I kind of worked out uh, myself and uh, Evan Kelly, a guy who uh, has done some influential work down here. He's uh, running the place now. Uh, but we kind of figured out how to convinced that college that they should let us put a cooperative in there and in exchange we would trade them or kind of keep them steadily supplied with uh, you know bikes that their students could ride and have and just keep at the, at, uh, the, the university and uh, so was, you know we got in there for free um, you know rent free utilities free and in exchange we could kind of beautify the place and give that school a, a you know, a working relationship with the city and, uh, you know, as well hook their students up with some transportation since they were essentially uh, vehicleless at that point. Hi, this is uh, Chicken Leather, and I, I've been to Long Beach a number of times, including the Hub and, and some other events that were down there. Um, I know that you've attracted a lot of what we would call um, recreational cycling, and um, a lot of that, I'm, I'm wondering, you're, you're talking more about uh, bikers who traditionally don't have a lot of money, kids and, and things. Do you see it more as a, a, a mission statement of safety in your book? Uh, you talked about brakes there for a minute. I, um, you know, I'm, I feel really strongly about safety right now. Um, I think there are several things that kind of tie into that. Being that I'm a bicycle mechanic, I feel like the at least knowledge of a bike and it, the way it works is, you know, since it's such a simple machine, that's really one of the first things I try to encourage people to do is to get familiar with their bike, uh, get familiar with doing weekly safety checks, um, you know, just to make sure they're not gonna, their bike's not going to fall apart. Um, you know, that's, that's one part, you know, as well, uh, you know, safety and wearing helmets, I feel really strongly about that. Um, I was involved in a, I, I got myself mixed up in, in, with a car about a year ago and I didn't happen to have a helmet on and, uh, I got pretty badly hurt. And I remember the moment thinking, should I, or shouldn't I wear my helmet? And to be honest, I didn't want to wear my helmet because I didn't want to look goofy because I didn't have the appropriate helmet for the type of bike I was riding. And it was just, I've learned a lot through that that you know there's just some a very few basic things that you know if cyclists can do them not only will they show you know not only will they they be safer but they'll also show the rest of the community that you know yes i am a responsible citizen i'm not just you know what you might have thought of a biker in the past you know i'm wearing a helmet i'm yeah, not necessarily using, you know, your grandpa's hand signals, but letting, you know, motorists know what's happening and uh, just being on the same page as everybody out there 
that I am to be respected because not only am I helping the environment, I'm helping the community, but I am, you know, I'm doing my very best to follow the the rules, not necessarily the letter of the law, but, you know, the the spirit of the law, as it were. Um, you know, if, if cyclists in Long Beach are intending to be respected, I feel like a lot of people in the community, uh, motorists and police, uh, it seems to be, uh, they expect that we can at least find a, a medium ground where we're all on the same page. Um, and I, that's kind of our new mission here at the workshop is since it is a brand new community of uh, cyclists to, to influence and uh, you know we're I feel like Long Beach is is pushing hard to be bicycle friendly but there hasn't yet been a, a shop that has made the same effort I feel to be uh, you know supportive of that change uh, you know will not only fix uh, fix the bikes that the people or cyclists are riding, but uh, hopefully we'll support that community in whatever ways we can. So um, you're, you're bringing up uh, basically um, this this section, and I hate to get back to the economics, but uh, it, a lot of these uh, riders in this in this section, I, I see it, it. It almost parallels some of the sections here in LA where uh, bike co-ops have, have sort of sprung up as an answer to the. Not so much the high cops of, uh, cost of bike shops, but let's, let's be honest, it's a trend now, and, and we're seeing so many kids just sort of flock to certain sides of it. But I, I feel that here in Los Angeles, we're seeing kids, after they ride their fixies, they they start to go to geared bikes and stuff. So Yeah, they eventually do. Uh, I don't want to say grow up. Yeah. I, I don't want to use the word grow up because there's a lot of us that still yeah. haven't grown up. Yeah. I still, I, you know, I rode a fix here yesterday. So, <laughs> so uh, what are your hours again there? Uh, hours are 11 to 7, seven days a week. Oh, wow. Oh, that, that, that in itself is probably a turn on, on things. Doing seven days a week is almost like uh, no days to rest, huh? You know, I uh, I got enough little Grom kids around here. I'll be able to get some of them to do the work for me. I imagine. It's uh, easy to trade uh, trade repairs for, you know, convincing them to take out the trash. You're, but you're, uh, yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. This is Nick again. You're, you're, I noticed you in the store the other day, and some kids came in. How how much of your work is working with kids? I would say probably. Well, the majority of the day is kids. Probably once a day or twice a day, I have uh, what's call them a grown-up. Now, I, uh, you know, somebody thirty plus uh, comes in with a bike to repair, um, or you know, very few people coming in to purchase bikes, just because you know, at least what we have to offer at the moment is probably not what thirty plus uh, individuals are purchasing, but. Uh, as well, you know, most of the day it's summertime, so you know the kids are out uh, and they're riding their bikes on the sidewalk with no helmet. Uh, but uh, their parents are the people that come in after you know after five uh, or on the weekends to come drop off bikes for me to fix. And uh, you know, most of them, you know, it's funny. A lot of the this this community, you know, probably within a two mile radius. There are a lot of uh, 
cyclists, a lot of road cyclists, and uh, mom cyclists. This is, uh, this is a, a great new demographic for me. I'm, uh, you know, I'm, that's kind of a brand new one. The, the mom riding the cruiser with uh, the trailer uh, behind it. You know, I'm, that's. I haven't had too much uh, too much experience with kind of how to help out those ladies, and you know, a lot of them have been asking for you know uh, maintenance clinics or you know group rides and. How do I get connected? How do I know who's riding their bike? I mean, they, they see all these people in their neighborhoods, you know, all these residential neighborhoods riding bikes, but, uh, you know, they, they don't know how to get in contact with them. And so hopefully we can, uh, can kind of open, up a, uh, open that up for them. Well, I talked to Charlie Gandy yesterday, as you know, and um, he was talking about women on bikes being an indicator species, meaning okay. that... Meaning that, you know, when you see women on bikes, it means that you've got a healthy bike scene. That, that you know, they feel that it's safe and that... Um, yeah, that's, I mean, that's a really good point. Um, you know, when you see the kind of diehard freaks like, uh, you know, I'm sure all three of us are, um, that's one thing. But then when you see moms and families comfortable out there on the street, uh, you know you must be doing something right as a city. Um, so I, I think he's definitely right about that. Indicator species, I like that. Okay, well, um, let us know anything else that happens. You know, call in and, and keep in touch if you, if you would, and join our Facebook group, Bike Talk group, so that you can post. Certainly will, guys. I, uh, thank you for having me on the show. Um, you know, have a great rest of the day. Is there anything else I can tell you? Probably, but um, I can't. I, <laughs> um, but uh, call back if you think of anything. Or... Well, enjoy the weather today. It's beautiful out there. Thanks. You too. Take care. Okay, take care. Bye. Okay, so Eric Ochoa, race reporter, just came in. Hey, Eric. Oh, and uh, Joni Young is here. Hi, Joni. Hi. So what do you got, Eric? I don't think... Does this thing oh, pull back a little? Is, is it not turned on? This could be why it's feeding back. Let me move the mic that's next to the speaker monitor. There you go. Try that. Yeah, this is better. <laughs> so what's going on? You're posting. Yeah, um, I, I, I've done um, postings before on, um, you know, Tumblr and, like, other stuff. And uh, just recently I kind of figured it might be a good idea to start posting, you know, my blog, well, cycling blogs on um, the Bike Talk group page and, you know, to, you know, get people informed about it and, you know, what's going on in, in professional racing. So, uh, well, I guess we should get down to it, no? Um, what, what about the Tour de France, huh? Yeah, the Tour de France, which started today. Uh, traditionally, you know, Grand Tours start off with a short prologue time trial. Today was an exception, though, with a regular road stage. It, it was pretty flat, pretty much um, from the beginning all the way until, like, the final few kilometers, which had, you know, which hit the riders with, uh, I believe it was a Cat 4 climb. A lot of people, you know, were looking to Philippe Jobert to, to win the stage. You know, Philippe, if you follow racing, you know, you've seen that he's had a phenomenal season pulling off the Ardennes triple, you know, the classics, the Fletcher Wallone, Amstel Gold, and Liege-Bastogne-Liege, you know, podium that 
the straight Bianchi race. Just recently, he, he's the newly crowned champion of Belgium. So, you know, he goes into the Tour de France with some phenomenal form. And, you know, he delivered to his Omega Farmalado team. You know, they, they were right at the front towards the final kilometers. Jurgen van der Waal had a crash early on in the stage. You know, you could have seen his jersey was all uh, torn. and But, you know, he was right there at the front pulling to try and get the breakaway back so they could deliver their man, Philippe, to the finish line, which in the end, you know, he did. And towards the end, Fabian Cancellara tried to tried to attack on his own. Uh, Philippe, you know, quickly countered the attack. <clears throat> it, you know, it, it's hard because on a, on a finish like this, there doesn't seem to be anybody that could match Philippe's acceleration. You know, not even the Schleck brothers who showed that. I believe it was on Liege, best on Liege. Both brothers worked um, together to try and reel Gilbert during that final climb. But, you know, when Gilbert accelerates on, on climbs like that, you know, you can really expect not to reel him back in. You're pretty much racing for second or third. Um, so with that being said, Philippe pulls on the first leader's jersey, the yellow jersey of the Tour de France, a lead that he's not going to be able to hold on for tomorrow because tomorrow is a team time trial. Uh, his Omega Farmalado is not too deep in um, that discipline. But, you know, any day wearing the yellow jersey is a good day for any rider. Wow, I, I'm going to have to uh, learn a little bit more about what you're talking about so that I can knowledgeably uh, interact with you. About it. Okay, there's this race they've been doing for 100 and some years called the Tour de France. And they call it the Tour because it's like going on tour like a it's rock and roll band, except... Mm -hmm. They're really big hills that you have to ride up with your bicycle. Oh, is that is that it, Eric? Yeah, <laughs> no, um, the tour. Well, another reason it's called the tour because well, the Tour de France and um, there's France. there's yeah, and it's in France. Mm -hmm. There's well, why why do they have to do it in France? It's called the Tour de France, huh? <laughs> there's three different. Um, the, the the Tour de France is a three week race, and in the calendar, there's three different three week races. You, you, you know what's funny about that is. Last year, the Tour de France started in England, which is kind of funny, because they were they try it out every year. They they tried it once in Amsterdam and yeah, other um, things. Where did every, it start out this year? Every now and then, the the you know Grand Tours start off in different you know countries, and it, it doesn't always necessarily stay. You know, like I said, there's three different Grand Tours, three week races. You know, the Giro d'Italia, which is in Italy, the Tour de France, which is in France, and then the Vuelta a España, which is in Spain. But um, I mean, even the Giro is having talks of having a start in Washington D.C. next year. But this year, the Tour de France did start in um, in France in Brit in the Brittany section. Um, and well, what else, what else is it that you want to know? I mean, it's a three-week <laughs> race held in France. It's uh, 21 stages. Best rider out of all 198 riders that start off reaches Paris with the yellow jersey and is considered the champion of the Tour de France for that year. Um, again, you know. Alberto Contador, although he's had sort of a controversial start to his season because of that Clan Bedero case that's still pending because, you know, the governing bodies of cycling aren't stepping up to, you know, call a decision on it, whether he should be banned or not. But they give him the green light to compete. Recent, most recently, he's won the Giro d'Italia, and he comes into the Tour, you know, hoping to pull off the Giro Tour double, which hasn't been done in a while. I believe uh, Marco Pantani was the last rider who was able to do that <laughs> but um yeah he goes in here um of course you know andy schleck is seen as his biggest rival but you know you also got guys like cadell evans cadell evans has won the tour of romandy and tirreno adriatico and he's shown like great form you know 
better form than he's shown, you know, in the past years. And we know Cadell Evans has been second at the Tour de France for two years, one second to Alberto Contador, and then in 2007, and then to Carlos Sastre the year after. But last year he had a pretty bad tour when he had a little small hairline fracture in his wrist, which um, forced him to abandon while he was wearing the yellow jersey. But this year, you know, he's got a pretty strong team built around him. You know, of course, he has big George Hincapi, who was Lance Armstrong's Royal Domestique in all seven of his Tour de France victories. So when you got a guy like that working for you up in the mountains, um, you know, it's hard to it's hard to say that you're not going to do good once the mountains hit. So I just want to point out that Joni is looking at you with her mouth open. <laughs> Can you hand the mic to Joni? I don't know if that one even works here. I gotta get closer. No, I just came to hang actually and get inspired for for things that I want to do on mic. But I, I, I'm just listening to this guy saying, "What the heck? How does he memorize all this stuff?" He I just, know, in, right? I think he hears it and it's just embedded in his memory. I can't do uh. that. I can't even remember what I ate for breakfast yesterday. <laughs> and he remembers all this stuff. I'm just totally amazed. Yeah, apparently we just stumbled into a. Uh a savant. <laughs> yes, bicycle savant. Yay. A bike savant. A bike race. Somebody savant. has to remember it, I suppose. That that reminds me. Breakfast. Breakfast is in order, and it's kind of like a holdover from last night. But we're going to get to it in our next story. Say one last question about about the tour. Uh, when's their day off? Uh, the day off is going to come, I believe, on before or after stage eight. They have two different rest days, um, so I think that, that that's the that's the first one. It gives the riders um, a chance to recuperate from you know previous racing. Usually, it's um, before the big mountains come, so yeah. they can arrive fresh for the mountains. You know, the GC contenders can you know go in with fresh legs and everything, so they won't be too um, fatigued from the previous flat stages, which still take a pretty good toll on your legs. So what's the understanding? I mean, a couple of years ago, they, they really were gearing up to, to have it against Lance and Contador and have that battle kind of uh, facilitated because they, they did things like cobblestone and all these horrible things that you went through to riders. What was the understanding of doing this right away? Well, the, um, by what I understand, this... Tour de France is um, more mountainous. Um, there's uh. not that many time trial kilometers, so eventually the winner is going to be, you know, one who who's a great climber. Uh-huh. Um, there's only two time trials, one of them being an individual time trial, which comes on the day before the tour ends. Tomorrow is a team time trial, of course, which is a time trial which all nine riders of your team take part in. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's still pretty early on. It's only stage two. Uh, I know some riders today came off, you know, over a minute and a half to two minutes behind Philippe Gilbert, one of those being Alberto Contador, because there were like four crashes towards the end. That, of the, that's yeah. what I was going to ask you. I mean, the road conditions there, everybody thinks of like France being pristine, but they've had so much rain. The roads have been almost like washed out and all these things where they're having the tour. Yeah, and we saw this again once in 2009 when Alberto Contador, when the wind split the peloton up and Alberto was caught in the back. And it was Lance Armstrong who was in the lead group. And yeah. he was only a second away from taking the yellow jersey from Fabian Cancellara. And then I believe it was a few stages after that, Contador attacked his teammate. I think your mind which cut is out. A, which is, there you go. Which is a rule that you don't do in cycling. You don't attack your own teammate when no. he's one second away from getting the lead. So he's, one, <laughs> he's a minute and a half away, and he's not even in his terrain yet. You know, the flat stages are coming, but... The mountainous stages don't come until like the second week, so one minute and a half, 
is not a lot for Contador, mainly because um, it's mainly pure, like, sprinters that are ahead of him. The only GC contender who's, you know, up ahead of him is Cadell Evans, who arrived three seconds behind Gilbert. And then, you know, you have guys like Andreas Glode and Chris Horner, Garen Thomas, Tony Martin, who are six seconds back. So, I mean, once again, second week is when the mountains come. Yeah. And um, tomorrow, the team time trial. Uh, Saxo, um, Alberto, Saxo Bank team, I'm not sure how good they're going to do. But, again, you know, it's, er, it's still early on in the tour. You're not going to win the tour at tomorrow's team time trial. But, you know, there's a chance you can't lose it. it you, it's a morale building at this yeah, point. Yeah, it's somewhat like that. Can you that. define stage, please? Stage? Yeah. Stage is um, you go in. Uh, it's a certain length today. I, I don't get too familiar with lengths. I just focus on like you know the the details. You know what happens. So it's but the racing course would be. Yeah, straight. it's the pretty yeah pretty much the racing course. You know point A to point B. And it's one day. For that day. For that day. And then the next day there's another one, and then another, and another, and that goes on for you know the the coming three weeks that that race is going to take part in. But each stage is different. They're all not the same, you know. Today cool. um, was a pretty flat stage with a little bump towards the end. Then you have, you know, the time trials, which is just you by yourself. You don't have the help of a teammate or nothing. And then you have the mountain stages, which is, you know, pretty much all goes uphill. Yeah. I think you popped in and out there. Um, so, what else you got? You got anything else, Eric? That's about it. I mean, you know, the Tour de France is the biggest race going on right now. Um, over in Asia, you got the tour of Qinghai Lake, but I'm pretty sure that's going to be outcast by the tour. Um, for any of you that are going to want to catch the tour, once again, you know, Versus is going to have coverage. Um, NBC is actually going to be covering it. I'm not sure if they're doing it right now, but, yeah, NBC decided to cover the race this year. So you got two sources there. If you're an early bird, you're gonna, you might want to wake up early in the morning like I did today. The, the stage started at 5 in the morning, so if you want to wake up at that time, you know, just go to steephill.com, and they have several sources for you to catch it live. If not, you know, Cycling News always has great reports on, you know, the day-to-day -day stages that go on. Um, and just like Nick mentioned earlier, yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to be writing several little blog posts of what happens during the tour, you know. Uh, I don't think I'm going to do stage-by-stage -stage analysis, but, um, yeah, you, you can expect some little short post for me that are going to be posted on the bike talk page so uh versus costs so much money now does it yeah uh, i mean how are you you're watching this all online right? well i got cable so i mean it comes oh. with that package oh, but, I cool. mean, nbc is considered you know primetime television i guess so i mean it's awesome that's free and really? um yeah it's free uh and like i say yeah you know who doesn't who doesn't have internet now? So, you know, if you want to watch it and you don't have verses, there's really no excuse why you're not going to watch it. You know, so I might say, well, it starts too early. Okay, well, you know, even YouTube has the final ten kilometers of of a stage um, all the time. So, you know, there's a great number of sources out there for you to catch up on the race, so you won't be too left behind. And the tour is the biggest race of the calendar and in cycling overall. So, you know, it's a pretty good race to you know tune into. Um, so, well, so how, how long does it last? Uh, three weeks. Three weeks. Yeah. And we're in the first week? We're in the first day. It started what? today. It started today. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you're listening every day. And um, do you think that you could make a living as a race reporter like this? That would be great. Yeah. It's just a matter of, you know, having someone 
discover you, I guess. But uh-huh. um, yeah, it, it, it'll be great, you know. I'm sure Phil Liggett was discovered at one point, right? Yeah, you Early know, on. you have guys like Phil Liggett and Bob but, Roll and those But these guys, guys they're, they've stuck around for like 500 years now, right? Yeah, and you know, usually um, race reporters are guys who've done racing um, in the past. You know, uh, Phil Liggett raced, Bob Roll raced, uh, Todd Gogolski raced. But, you know, there's also guys who, you know, just happen to have a great knowledge of the sport and then end up turning into reporters. But, um, yeah, that's something I, I would be interested in doing. And it, it would be a great opportunity to, you know, report professionally in a race such as, if not the Tour de France, you know, smaller stage races. Yeah, yeah. We all got to start somewhere. Our, our own Brad House goes out there and announces a lot of the, the local races here in the industry. So that, that'd be somebody to talk to if you're interested in that. Uh, he goes out and, and does certain um, races that may not be on the same stature, but they have the same energy, if not the same uh, uh, kind of people involved in it on a, on a local level. So, it is Bike Talk here on Kill Radio and KPFK on the podcast. Uh, any parting words there, Eric? Uh, that pretty much covers it. Um, once again, tomorrow, team time trial. It's going to be great. You know, it's pretty much going to be a fight between, you know, the Garmin Cervelo team, uh, Radio Shack, and HCC High Road. Uh, Thor Hushoff is currently third overall with six seconds behind Philippe Jobert. So, you know, Garmin are really going to try to push it tomorrow in that team time trial to try and get Thor Hushoff in that yellow jersey. Not only to, you know, boost his morale because being the world champion, he hasn't had too many results, but also because, you know, he's considering switching teams um, for the next season because uh, he might not be feeling too happy with that Garmin team. So um, maybe if he puts that yellow jersey with Garmin, you know, it might help him consider, you know, whether to stay with them or switch on to another team. Well, um, thank you so much, Eric. Are you going to come? Uh, I feel like we should be doing something every day, but I'm not sure how to do that. Can I guess people can visit your Facebook page? Um, yeah, I guess. And if not the Facebook page, you know, just look at the Bike Talk group page. I've posted several um, blogs on there. Um, and like I say, yeah, you know, lo- look for those posts. I will be doing several of those during the next three-week period about what's going on, you know, um, you know, the writer's performances, some stages that I feel are necessary to, you know, talk about. Um, yeah, and that, just be on the lookout for those if any of you are interested. Okay, that was Eric Ochoa, race reporter. And now we have... Um, well, we're, we're at a crossroad here between... <laughs> y- y- last week you said, hey... There's this great band in from uh, that's going to be playing a benefit for the bike kitchen, and I said, "Really?" And I went over there, and nobody showed up except Chicken Leather and his camera. And do you want to see them playing bi- a bike song right now as we interlude to some more serious things? Well, we'll get to the fun stuff right now, well, and then I get to. I thought you the said no one showed up. Oh, you mean to watch? Well, we showed up with our camera. Well, was the band there? Uh, yeah, the band was there too. And they played. They played. They're from. They're from Bikus. You didn't tell me that. I didn't know They're that. from Tucson. Dude, I, I got stranded in Tucson, which you think, oh, I get stranded in Tucson. What could possibly be fun with all this heat? Well, it's the, fi- it's the idea that they, they're the square footage of downtown Los Angeles, and they have six different bike-slash-shops collectives there, including the biggest one that started out, Bikus, which is now 20 years old. They own their own building, uh, and they're, they were fighting um, last year. The reason it, it made some news last year is because they were fighting – 
I guess, their version of, of Arizona trans who wanted to take their building out to extend the freeway there, hmm. the 10 freeway. And if you can imagine any other place, it'd be fine. But this is like bike capital right. for, for them. And so they fought it. And in fact, they're touring. And it's, uh, their tour is called the Bicycle Built for Tour, T-O-U-R. See the whole theme coming back? Tour de France, tour de bike. Wow. Okay, so anyway, here's the sound that they, the sounds they make on bicycle instruments, instruments from bicycles. And there'll be a brief interlude as we get into this. And it is... Uh, bike talk. Bike talk. Here, hold on. I gotta turn on the machine. And while we're waiting, uh, I will sing you a little. No, I, I'm just kidding. And we're we're awaiting a phone call shortly, so we may uh, cut into this from um, someone um, out there. Cat. How long are you guys in town? Uh, we leave tomorrow. But we'll be back. We'll be back. We'll be back. Um, July 6th through the 9th. We'll okay. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, in, so in SoCal. We were going to just like hang on the beach in San Diego, but we can come here. Oh, that's cool. I'd love you, obviously. But then I won't rely so much on the bike kitchen. Is anybody <laughs> here for the bike kitchen? No, that's weird. I'm for the bike oven. I tell you. You yeah, come to the bike oven, man. Yeah. We'll hook your ass up. <laughs> Wait, you paid people? I tried to get the money. They were getting for Tucson. Ah. All I can offer them are wrestling masks. <laughs> and those are pretty cool. They're pretty cool. What do you offer them? My wrestling masks. So, the Hotel Congress, eh? Hey, yeah, we played So we're trying to actually get to the song, but they, they had a, a, a little brief kind of so thing. So it's just you and them, huh? No, it's actually Vlad. This is a Vlad the Retailer, and he was really supportive. He, he, he went all out to make it a benefit for the bike kitchen right next door. I love it. It is a French crank set. Yes. You plotted that from really far away. Oh, yeah. Come on. It's a problematic instrument, honestly. That's not our mics in the studio. Yeah. See, it wouldn't do that if it was in French. So he's playing a guitar made out of a. Okay. Well, the the neck is actually a, a guitar, but it's been mounted to a French crankset, and you can usually tell because of the. Uh, it's almost like a triad in the center. It's like three. Three pieces it. hold it together. It looks like, you know, in War of the Worlds. The Martian eyes, same deal. It looks like a Martian eye. Okay. Your house is not on fire. That's the sirens outside here at Kilrady. So what are the other instruments that are bike-related? It's a flute made out of handlebars with two people blowing at each end. No. 
So some people found this painful. I I wanna I wanna retract. <laughs> this is not that painful. That was good. So yeah, it's 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 on a learning curve here, and uh, one one of the other things that we went to this week, besides this, was uh, there was yet another benefit this week. Um, coinciding with the press conference. And so we're going to do this backwards. Uh, do you want to play the benefit first? Uh, You're pointing like, yes, yeah, go with the it. story. Go with the story. Okay, we're going to play the benefit for a little bit. Me. So you get to hear me. Last night at the benefit they had at benefit the Echo Park Lake. What? What's the benefit right. for? So the benefit was for all the fallen people from the accident that happened in Culver City. Yeah. Hey, I passed these guys up on the street. They were in front of me. Hey guys, how did I get here before them? I mean, they passed me up. Maybe they went to go get beer or something. I don't know. See Sesame Street kids. That's right. It's a cool shirt. So um, how, every, I hear it. Everybody's out except for one. Yeah, um, the girl that's in intensive care, and um, doing better. They're in good spirits. Um, unfortunately, none of them can walk still, so that is that's truly tragic. We have six people because of this uh, drunk driver who was on her phone. That are now gonna, you know, I, I'm hearing about I'm hearing less about the drinking and more about the phone now, which is good. As a matter, I, I think phones are more dangerous than drinking, but you know what? I think they're both, you know, up there as sins if you're religious. Hi. Well, look who the community comes out for this benefit. That's right. Yeah. Oh, okay. oh, thank you. We'll make you some hamburgers and bacon wrapped hot dogs. <laughs> the food's not even here. Look at this guy. Don't you think? The food is all here, but Anna with the wood. He's eating this right now. What, what is going on here, man? I need charcoal. I think I think we cook him instead. Dude, no, dude. We just uh, passed the lady. Hey, you no. Cannibalism. Hey, you 
Yeah, look at this, man. Your carbon oh footprint is just oh, like ridiculous. Okay, so, hey, hey, that was so they, too. they're eating yeah, and stuff. So you're gonna say that this is for uh, this is a benefit for the Culver City, right? The K Town ride. That's correct. And did they make money? Did they raise money? They did. They did. And in fact, we're we're gonna skip ahead to later because I had to go to a Kill Radio meeting. This is like close to eight o'clock now. You can't really tell that. It's bright. It's like seven thirty. Yes, it is summertime. So, how did how did they raise money? I don't. I don't I well, they were they were. Right now, you don't see them raising money because the barbecue is not going. But what they did is they started a barbecue. They cooked three or four different types of meat for it, um, including hot dog. What is it? Hot dogs wrapped with bacon. You're looking at me like you know this. Apparently, they do this at, at some high-end kind of cuisine places like Farmer's Market and stuff. But uh, everybody came out, and literally, if people don't show up for stuff, you never see them wait. Uh, we're talking about everything here from the political climate to to uh, things. Look at that. Little kids. I mean, it was it, it looked like we were doing this, but... We got to a point where we were really getting bored, and so he, uh, Noah asked me a question about his bike. Here we go. a serious bike pedophile, you were asking me a question today. So this morning, I woke up First of all, hi, my name's Chicken Letter, your name is? My name is Noah. And Noah's got a question here. I was, it's a tech question. I woke up this morning and I had a flat. I went to go change my flat and I couldn't even pump air into it. I go, I just put my spare tube on and I'm checking out my old tube that doesn't work anymore. Which is always good because everybody, you know, you want to know why, why, it, why it punctured. Right? Whether it's a pinch or glass or whatever. And then all of a sudden I hear a squishing sound. like a. I, it sounds like there's water or something inside of it. Now I'm going to ask you a question. Did it have green water inside? Was it green? It was like a... Uh, viscous? Yeah, viscous. I'll say it was a viscous liquid. <laughs> Sometimes if it's green, somebody's put what they call um, uh, that slime in there, which was a, a quick fix in the 80s. A lot of got mountain bike guys used to throw it in really quick and get back on the road. Mm -hmm. And it's a good quick fix, but what it does is it, it, it'll fill in some of like little punctures, but you really should get to it. And, and like, we, I, I personally like to, you know, put a real kind of vulcanizing kind of steel. That, that was Noah and his bike, and um, we're, we're going to talk about that later. But, but right now, um, this is... Cat. Cat. Cat, you actually were at the press conference that oh, uh, they talked about earlier. Uh, yes, I was. Like X-Ray was talking about how he went to it and didn't find it very very informative. He, he thought that it sort of harped too much on, on police in action and should have harped more on, on just safety for everything. But, I agree with him completely. Yeah. I also felt like it would have been nice had we all maybe had a little pep talk before uh -huh. and kind of come to some sort of, all right, you're going to say this, you're going to say this, you're going to say this, and then ultimately we're going to have this full circle. Oh, cool. And, and you could have all sang together, like, all we are saying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, safety for all. You know, yeah, no, that's, that's a great kind of outlook on this thing. Because, um, and the other thing that I, I heard a lot about is that the media, when I saw the thing, first of all, I didn't get the message this was going on until I saw it on 
the 10 o'clock news. That and like I said, I'm really sorry. I'm going oh, no, to call you ahead of time. It's, just, it's, it's probably because I, I do have it in my email. It's just that it got filtered or something. There was probably something pornographic, you know, Aww. something about condom or something in the message. So it probably got delivered. Right. I, I digress. <laughs> Um, the media gave it 15 seconds, as I think uh, Joe Linton said. He says, we're only going to get 15 seconds. They're going to go to old footage, and then that'll be it. They'll talk about cars, which is exactly what they did. They talked about that. Um, regrettably, there was another bike accident, um, but this was more like an attack that happened at Whittier, and that led. And then they went to the car thing, and then they came back to this. But... Um, Mike there was, was another bike accident. What was, happened there? Well, a, uh, a, a woman got attacked on her on the bike path in Whittier, which is really dark at night. And Aww. a lot of people are saying, "Why, why are you out riding a bike at ten thirty at night?" And I'm going, why "Well, not? it's probably classic time to ride because it's nice. The air is clear, and you can ride." But um, she was she was accosted on the. And bike it's path. a bike path. Yeah. You can ride your bike on a bike path anytime you like, just like anybody who gets in their car can drive on the road anytime they like. Yeah, people don't say, hey, you shouldn't drive your car at night. There might be people out there. But anyway, we're going to get back to the, the real question you hear. Uh, the media only had two seconds. In, in one clip, they had Ross talking about how she hit a car and then another car. And in the other clip, they had no, Alex. No, she hit a bike and what? then another bike and right. another bike. Right? right. And then Alex okay. talked about how it, it should be safe to ride. And, that was about and about how the Culver City Police and the LAPD were kind of messing up their investigation and not doing a very thorough job. Yeah. But you were there, too. You did something at the event. Yes. Well, you know how... I'm sorry. I don't mean to um, change the subject so quickly. It's on the same no, topic. Go ahead. But uh, the, the, the news segment that they did on KTLA, mm. the, the majority of it, it, I swear to God, they showed roadblocks walking around like with a bike somewhere in los angeles like what that had to do with the press conference wow. i have no idea and even further the guy doing the the interview or it wasn't even an interview the guy doing the segment mm. on the press conference right. he he's like i'm standing here at the scene of the crash you can't even tell where he is like they wasted so much precious time of our press conference on unnecessary information that mm-hmm. that was just really sad I'd like to say that okay okay but uh, what I do have is the statements from both Cassie and Dana okay so you were there to actually read a statement for some of the people that couldn't be there because we, we just played some we, we played part of x-ray talking at the at the benefit last night saying that uh, everybody's pretty much out of the hospital but they can't walk they still have broken legs and injuries and stuff and, and in fact the the reporter stated that uh, there was only one person there from the accident like oh only one of them showed up or something to the press conference it's like hold on the rest of them are still recuperating so right you ran over with your points. car and 60 at 60 miles an hour and you want them all to get up and walk there (laughs) you were their voice uh yes i was so so that being said we we didn't get there for the press conference but you're here now and you're going to read this for us right yes you ready well yeah we're ready cat go ahead okay this first one is from cassie okay as an aspiring ecologist i sold my car a year ago 
Changing my life to help our planet was easy, and I benefited by becoming a cyclist. I love every minute I spend on my bicycle, even though there are challenges with riding in Los Angeles daily because of some motorists' inane distaste for cyclists. Group rides are one of the best ways cyclists can avoid issues with traffic. Our group was not ready to leave yet, and I didn't even have my helmet on, which exacerbated the head injuries I received. The accident was implicitly, oh, the accident has implicitly injured me, left me incapable of supporting myself, and destroyed my ability to transport myself. I am saddened that by supporting the most environmentally friendly option, I eventually met devastation because of the accident. My only wish is that cyclists will be supported in their choices and given the ability to avoid becoming victims to horrifying accidents by the drivers of vehicles. And it was kind of funny because when I read that first one, you could see Roadblock in the background going, oh, no, because he heard me mention something about helmets. Mm-hmm. And throughout this whole thing, he's been sort of, he's been sort of like, come on, guys, this, this accident wasn't our fault. We need not draw attention to ourselves in any way. Uh, I'm sure you could probably see that on the news segment. Yeah. Okay, the second one is from Dana. Okay. The incident that occurred on June 16th was a serious tragedy for me and all involved. It drastically changed the course of my further studies at UCLA and a position I had with the Los Angeles Film Festival and will consequently affect me throughout the rest of my life. In light of everything that has happened, my only wish is is that for justice for all the victims and that the sadness of this is this event is transformed into something positive. I hope the roadways become safer and drivers become more conscious of cyclists as vehicles on the road. Wow, that's that's fantastic. I know Dana's been busy writing, too, to all the people that have been helping around here. Uh, we, we had a benefit also at the bike oven, uh, not last, last night Friday, but a week from last night. Um, where we set up a massage table for anybody that was injured. And I, I know a lot of people came out for that. And she wrote us a nice little, she dropped us a postcard. And, uh, Yay! Yeah, I got just, a postcard too. Yeah, see, she so, loves us. So it's, <laughs> it's kind of cool to see that, that um, she's still working out there and stuff. And I, I got to be honest, I, I love getting mail. You know, email is cool, but real mail is kind of kind of fantastic. Too. Yeah, I totally agree. <laughs> so, one, one last question. I, I left, uh, not totally early, but kind of early to, to burn this uh, DVD so I could be ready for t- the show today. Um, you guys kept on going on a ride last night. Where did you go and how did how late did it end? Well, I am actually the wrong person to ask. You're going to have to call X-Ray back. Uh, I did that race last night. Uh-huh. So, I stuck around until everybody started to ride off. And then Noah and I just came home. Uh, so, how did the race go? The race went awesome. Tell us about uh, it. It was the Grand Prix race. It was at the corner of Hope and a street name I cannot pronounce. Oh, that's, that's the one that they, that it's it's uh, a, a Polish general, Koyaski, whatever, that they shot Terminator oh. at underneath uh, the Kokusko or something. We're trying to figure yeah. it out here, too. Yeah, you, you almost so had weird. it. Yeah. It's the place where all the messengers meet 
uh-huh. when they're not delivering their packages and whatnot. Right. It's, it's called the wall. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> Noah said it's called the ghetto. <laughs> nah, it was nice there. Yeah. So, uh, it wasn't on Wall Street. It was, it's, it's just, the area is called the wall. And <laughs> that so wasn't me. <laughs> you started, you started the race there. So the ride started there. The ride started there, and it was just like a it total. It it was about ten miles for the fixed gear, and probably about twelve miles for the geared bikes. They started the geared bikes first. The geared bikes uh, did their run. It was like laps of four. You had to do four laps around. You you went down flower, and then a right up third. And then a right up Figueroa, a right down second, a right down hill, and then a right down third, and then a right back up flower. So it was just a circle around that small little area, but there were hills involved and sharp turns, and they gave us one little pace line route just to to show us the route. And then they let us fly, and I beat like three boys in the first round of the fixed gear race, and that felt really, really good. (laughs) That's great. Yeah, and then they had May and I do the final round. Like, they're like, okay, you don't have to do the last two laps, Cap, because you've already been invited to the final. And I was like, hmm, that sounds suspicious. Are you saying that because you just don't want to have to wait for me to finish? Or are you saying that because... (laughs) It's okay. It's okay. I had a great time. And I did the whole thing in heels, so I'm proud of myself. Wow. (laughs) Hold on. Joni wants to ask you a question. Okay. Hi, Joni. Hey, Kat. This is Joni. I I ended up getting to the press conference late. I remember speaking to you, meeting you there. Yes, I remember speaking and meeting you. Yeah, and you look so cute in your dress. So did you race in that dress? No, but I raced in a different dress. Oh. God, because somebody needed to take a picture of you racing down up and down those hills in that dress because it was really You know what's crazy, Joni? Nobody did. Nobody. Uh, I was standing there on the race line, ready to race, doing a track stand. All the other boys were just standing there above their bike, not doing track stands. I'm standing there doing a track stand in my heels and a dress, and not a single picture was being taken. No, that's wrong. We, we need to show that it's okay for girls to ride in, uh, ride bikes in dresses. Oh, speaking of the thing uh, we were talking about earlier about the Whittier and the woman who was beaten up, it's true. I mean, I ride around town a lot at night by myself on my bike, and I guess that's the one thing, one of the things I worry about. So hearing about that scares me. I have to find out exactly why they wanted to beat her up. Apparently what I read is that they didn't try to mug her. They didn't try to anything. They just beat her up. And I don't know the reason why. Yeah, that's really weird. Scary thing. But anyway, was nice that's hearing super from scary. Oh, I, go ahead. I think about stuff like that when I'm on my bike and I'm dressed up. I think you know, oh, I'm really, I'm really lucky that I've avoided any kind of situation like that before. And what would I do if I was put in that position? Like I do have in my heels, I have weapons. You know? You could pull off your, your heels and whack them in the head with your stilettos or something? Or, yeah, and I have my U-lock, but I mean, like, I'm, I'm, I wouldn't say that I'm a professional kicker, but I have a nice hard kick from all that cycling I do. Mm-hmm. 
and I just sort of, I make sure I keep focused on the idea that, you know, if someone comes at me, leg up fast. <laughs> yeah, you must have pretty strong legs if you can climb up and down those hills. But I'm a, I'm a hill horse. I'd rather go downhill than uphill. Yeah, me too. I, I prefer going downhill than uphill, but I'm okay at hills. I just did San Francisco to L.A., so I've got, like, I've got hills um, in my back pocket. Wow. Like oh, no, you're doing a great job. Yeah. Johnny, you're doing awesome. But I feel like I'm taking up all you guys' time. You can get going oh, if you wait, have wait. to. One more, one more comment about uh, female on bike in dress in heels. I actually was telling Nick earlier that I went to a 4th of July party, a sort of like premature 4th of July party last night in Altadena, and I was biking around in a sundress and heels. And Beautiful. I and I was with a friend, and I show up at the party, and, you know, he, they all know he bikes. And so he says, oh, he came by bike. So how did Joni come with you? I said, I bike too. And they looked at me and said, you mean you biked here in a dress and heels? I said, sure, why not? I do it all the time. I got here. Yeah. And they were saying, wow, cool. She's biking here. She looks hot. She's on a bike. And, and then we left at midnight. She says, you're biking home in a dress at midnight. I said, why not? And we did. And we biked to the, to the, metro, to the gold line station and went home. Heck, yeah. And yeah. it feels good, right? It, it feels does. so good to show up in what you wanted to be wearing That's for true. the party, yeah. you know? Why do I have to put on the spandex? Why do I have to put on whatever? I mean, I want to wear what I'm wearing because it's, you know, the, the way to get around town. Right. I, that's so awesome, Joni. I can't wait to see you on a bike in heels and a dress. <laughs> <laughs> it's summertime. It'll happen a lot. Yeah. Okay. okay. Hey, I have a question. When is the the benefit that that Nick was telling me yeah, about? Let me, let me pass the phone back to Nick. Okay, Coming thank soon. you. Yeah, well, actually, um, I'm going away for a month, so I don't want to have it until after I get back. But Oh, okay. Postpone? But, yeah, postpone. Okay, all right. Keep me posted. Okay, and keep doing bike talks. Okay, yay. Where, where we need to interview you guys. Yeah. Where can you listen to bike talks? Uh, at... HTTP the colon backslash backslash bike talks with an S dot TV. Cool. And, and yeah. even easier if you want to just go to Ustream and type in bike talks with Cat and cool ass Mike. That works too. Thank you guys. Thank you, Cat. Have a great day. Okay, you too. Bye. Bye. Wow, that's perfect timing because it's exactly 12. Wow. So, uh, fantastic thing. And uh, for those of you that turned in uh, uh, soon, that was uh, Catnip reading uh, a statement from Dana um, ab about uh, um, the, the accident that they sustained. And we're, we're going to have more of the bike benefit last night. But one last thing I wanted to do, they were cooking there. I haven't got to the part where they were cooking, but I wanted to show you what they were cooking because... That leads into the mom riders showed up. They were doing these those raps, but later on, they were they were doing. I think I stopped it like an idiot. They were doing something that only can be described as funness, oneness, and fantastic kind of uh, things to bring together a community. That's right. They had more pancakes like they did last time, and here we go. I brought the pancakes in for you. It is Kill Radio. Uh, it's also kpfk.org and on the podcast. Um, Livebiketalk at gmail.com.
and this will play us out. sandwich here. The benefit expanding. There goes Gnarls. They're all congregating around the... Yeah, I see you got the fire finally started. That's always a positive. Hey, Ivan! Oh, see, now you're lit. The guy, the guy down the street from us has been having fun with fireworks all week. Yeah. Like it, they can buy them now. Yeah, well, every night for like half an hour. It's going crazy with them. Absolutely. You still can't get the good ones, though. You gotta go.
chicken leather still here. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna try and uh, put together uh, a little bit of uh, more of this, playing a little bit more of last night's benefit for you. And of course, more is coming tonight on uh, Talk is Still Cheap from 6 to 8. There's also uh, a bit of things here. Let me just pot this down and let you know that um, coming up is uh, Beneath the Underdog, but also uh, this afternoon over at the Flying Pigeon slash Bike Oven, they're going to have the brewery ride, uh, meeting at 3, leaving at 4. And we'll talk more about that tomorrow. Sunday, 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 check the Atomic Cycle cycle. We've heard so much about competition, yet we forgot to mention that tomorrow the Chopacabra, not the Chopacabras, the Coaster Break Challenge starts again. We're going to be mountain climbing with one of those coaster breaks where you used to pedal backwards to get the break. Yeah, that's right. We're going to be doing mountain bike trails on coaster breaks. So if you feel you can do it, get to get a little money and come on out. Come on out tomorrow for Paul's Atomic Cycle Coaster Break Challenge. Okay, so anyway, we're going to get right to it. Let's. Uh, I'm going to load it up, but I'm going to leave the DVD on just for a little bit while I load up the, the Winamp. Here we go. More from last night's benefit. Oh, and also, they're going to be doing a car wash, so listen up for that. At least a pound or two. I'm a badass. Plus my bike is a fucking like 50 year old badass. Plus all the shit I carry. Just in case if I get broken down like 80 miles away from home. You know? I can fix anything on my bike if I'm stuck anywhere. Absolutely. Even brakes and derailing. Oh my god. I snap a cable, I'm set though. Oh look at, look at, as I have this camera we're going to turn up. Little ones are coming in now. Yay! Yay! More heroes! Oh my god! Yet another crew is running here for the benefit. Hey, is that the beer run ride? Yeah, you know, in the dark everybody looks like a pixie kid. Here, wait a second. I'm a pixie kid now. My friend is a chipster. Hey, you know, I just found out today, my Friendster account got wiped out. The music, man. Good music. Can't wait for next month. I'll be good off that shit. Finally, it's been a year. Thanks, I'm just shooting the bikes. Man. I'm just worried about the dialogue. Oh, no. We don't need the dialogue. But it's fucking... Here, here. Okay. Okay. 
Peanut. I got my weekend off. Peanut came out tonight. Peanut came out tonight. Peanut came out tonight. Peanut came yeah, you bested 50 to 60 people. No, wow. No. I made them do their best because they were racing a girl in heels. Oh, wow. They were like, I gotta go faster than this girl in hey, heels. Anyone else? Does anyone else want any grilled cheese or hot dogs? I want a pancake. Tell Anna before she leaves. Tell Anna before she leaves. And the fire is back up. How's that song go? Don't go with the fire. Well, it seems that pancakes and grilled cheese are in order now. Getting towards the end of the night here at the lake, but the benefit slash weenie roast slash whatever you want to eat tonight is going into the night raising some money for our fallen comrades. And there was only one other girl. And she quit. But I still won. Whoa, whoa, whoa. The other girl quit? Yes. Oh my she quit God. because her fixed gear bicycle was too heavy. It was someone else's. Well, I would have said the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> she just got really intimidated of the heels, I think. That's what I think. Awesome. Do you know Jeff? Chicken leather? Deaf? Yeah, deaf. Deaf, Jeff. Jeff. Dev or deaf? Jeff. Jeff, nice Jeff. to meet you, Jeff. Yeah. Chicken leather. Chicken leather. Pleasure. Pleasure. Do you go out for those... Uh, Thursday night rides. Ah, very nice. Oh, wait a second. She's she's like doing a chicken here. Yes, yes, Which is meeting up with the Can You See Me Now ride. Uh, Matt Reyes came up with that idea, and we're basically going to have lights galore. Oh. It's all about being seen by cars. Absolutely. And other big metal things that can run us over. And get away with it. Yeah. Well, you know, visible. It's all about being visible. Very visible. Oh, it seems like they're moving out the wood. Helmet. Everybody's surrounding. Dollar grilled cheese. Sign the petition if you haven't. Dollar hot dogs. No is going around with a position. Petition. If you haven't signed it, sign it. Saturday. Oh, I said, well, I'm just, like, 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 I'
All right, it is Kill Radio. If you don't want Eddie to touch your meat, you can come on the uh, brewery ride later today. Uh, also, coming up next week, uh, Friday and Saturday, there's a bike wash uh, that's going to be happening at uh, July 8th and 9th at uh, Rad, hosted by Rad and Manny's Car Wash. Located there at uh, 4635 uh, Valley Boulevard. All the proceeds to go to the K-Town Cycle Victims mowed down by a drunk driver on June 18th at Jefferson Boulevard in Hetzler. It is Kill Radio. Let's get back to a little bit more of last night's benefit slash uh, barbecue slash everything. Fantastic. So that's going to be next Saturday? Yeah, I'm not aware of the time. All right. I think Diana knows the time. Okay, Diana. Hey, fellas, I decided to uh, get some fireworks for you guys. So there's a fireworks show coming up right now for you, all you guys. Thanks, Chicken Leather. You're welcome. Thank you, Leather. Watch. Watch, Larry, listen. 